Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Good morning, church family. How are you today? My wife is on a trip away, so my uh, children have had toast for the last three days. It's as good as it's gotten. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, I'm excited about today. I'm ready to jump into the Word. Are you ready to receive the Word this morning? Um, we're going to update our offering, our Faith Forward offering. We're going to update that at the end of the message. I'm going to tell you where we're at, just how things are progressing. Uh, but I want to jump into our message this morning. We've been talking about the 12 attitudes that define Grace Avenue culture. If you're new, you can catch up on the series online. But what we've been saying is when you come into any type of environment, any type of atmosphere, be it a church, a business, somebody's home, uh, it doesn't matter where it is, you experience a culture. Somebody carries the atmosphere of that place, what it's about. And what I did is take the last 12 years of Grace Avenue and break it down into about 12 different attitudes that really define the vibe and the feel and the experience that people have when they come into church. And we did that based off of the feedback that we would get. People would come in and say, gosh, this place is, is so friendly. It's so alive. We just feel we're, like we're loved. And I would boil that down and say, well, what does that actually mean? What are people actually experiencing when they say that, because it was repeated, it was a theme throughout, and just various ones. So we've been talking about those, and today we're talking about the attitude, number five, that teams really make the impossible happen. Teams accomplish the impossible. Everybody say team. team. We're talking about teams this morning. Okay, here in, in Grace Avenue Church, uh, in, in this church and in this community of people, this gathering of people, we place a high emphasis on teams, a high emphasis on teams. This is what we, we strive for. Uh, we're not trying to just get you busy. We're not just trying to get you to do something. We believe that how you grow is by you being on a team. Okay? I know you can grow more by being on a team than by going onto a mountain and praying for six weeks by yourself, wearing a white robe, fasting for 40 of those days detoxing your body, getting your mind clear, absorbing the atmosphere, having no kids around to scream at you or bother you or ask you for anything, okay? We, we think that to become more spiritual and more in tune with Christ, that the priority for us is to only be alone. Now, Jesus shows us that being alone is a huge, huge important part of the equation. He spent tremendous time alone with the Father. However, the way that the New Testament describes us growing spiritually, and we all want to grow spiritually, right? Like we don't want to stay where we are. We want to grow spiritually. We're called to it. We talked about that last week. We're called to grow. We're called to mature. But how do we do that? We do that with people. But the problem is people get on our nerves. People have different attitudes, different personalities. People have different beliefs. different, And so there's friction. And what do we do when there's friction? We, we tend to pull away. We tend to just back off. It's a lot easier to just, you know, oh, I don't want to deal with this guy. He's always in a bad mood, or oh, she's always moody, or, or he always takes everything defensively. Come on, you know I'm talking about somebody. 
And so what we get into this attitude of we're, we're just going to back off from people. We're just going to, we're going to do our thing. And then we bring that attitude and that life and that mentality into God's church. And we start trying to do life with people. And we sit here. And, and when we're sitting here this morning, maybe you're thinking for a second only within the individual framework of what's going on in your life. But do we understand that we're going to spend eternity together? That to be in Christ, no matter how much I get on your nerves today, I'm probably going to be your neighbor. <laughs> and whoever is in Christ, in the kingdom, is going to spend eternity. We're going to spend eternity doing something greater than we're doing now, spending eternity with Jesus. We won't be on clouds playing harps. There's purpose in the afterlife. There is purpose that God has for us. And we should be living in and from this mentality, okay? But we do that when we are part of a team. We understand it more when we're part of a team. We, we stop focusing all on ourselves, and we really focus on, on the needs, the desires, the challenges, and the stuff other people are going through. This is the beauty of being part of a team, right? Now, I want to start by asking this question, because teams are going to be my focus of the message today, but it'll be at the end. I want to get into something else here. Uh, I want to start by asking the question, how do you keep saying yes to God? How do you keep saying yes to Jesus? Right? When, you, when God saves you, uh, you say yes to his salvation. You say yes to his forgiveness. You say yes to everything that Jesus has for you. When you initially come to, to Jesus, you say yes to him. Right? Now, uh, when you're eating Mexican food and they say, would you like more chips and salsa, you say what? Yeah. Right? Right? Unless you're a super disciplined person, you rarely say no. Right? You say yes. You know you say yes. And God blesses when you say yes. Right? We know we say yes. Right? But in the same way, when, when we say yes to his salvation, when we start living a life of faith, we have to keep living from and building upon the faith that got us from where we were to where we are now. We have to keep building upon that, right? Let me say it this way. I, I'm living in and I'm living from the last yes I gave to God. Where's your life right now, Daniel? It's standing in and living from the last yes I gave to God. The last thing God said, here it is. I said, okay. The last challenge Faith got me in, past it. The last sorrowful moment that I didn't think I could make it past, faith got me through that. The last wall that I hit, anybody hit a wall the last couple of years? Right? Faith got you through that. You're still here. Faith got you here this morning. Faith got you out of bed. Faith is already active in your life. We're going to talk about this in a second. Faith is not what you feel. Faith got you here this morning. Somehow you said, some guys are going to get up today, and he's going to be wearing some shirt that his wife probably wouldn't allow him to wear if she wasn't out of town. And he's going to talk to me this morning about faith. Because he has faith to wear what he wants, whether his wife likes it or not. Okay? Let me say this. Faith, stay with me here, faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Faith is the currency all right, the, the American dollar, that's our currency, right? Japan has its currency. Mexico has its currency. Great Britain has its currency. Okay, the currency of the kingdom of God is faith. And we are either spending it or investing it. 
One of the two. We're spending it to, to move forward. Or by faith, we're investing it. to like, like right now, I'm investing by faith into my children that they will live for the Lord someday. So I spend it every day praying over them, spending time with them, trying to be a good dad. I don't want to be a, quote, good pastor and a terrible father. I don't want my kids talking about, yeah, he was great with the church, but he, he was horrible at home. So I have to backtrack. How does my faith play out into my every single day decisions? into my emotions, into my decision-making, into my pressures, into my challenges, right? So faith is the currency of the kingdom. And every time that you say yes to God, every day that you get up, every decision that you make, every hardship that you overcome and you push through, you're exercising your faith. Every time you're exercising your faith. Every time you say yes to keep going, every time you say yes to keep trusting, Every time you say yes to keep hoping, every time you say yes to keep believing, to keep living, to keep stretching, to keep moving forward, you're exercising your faith and you're spending and investing at that moment, whatever revelation you have of of God and who he is in that precious and pressured moment, you're, you're exercising your faith and you're moving forward. See, now that's different than faith being a feeling. When we get up and say, man, I just don't feel like I have faith. Okay, faith is not made up of what you feel. Faith is what you exercise. This is so important in the role of teams and teamwork. This is why I'm going here this morning. Okay, faith is not made up of what you feel. Anybody have a bad week in the last year? Or you didn't feel faith-filled or faithful? But you stayed the course. So here you are. Faith was exercised. Faith got you through. You kept going. You got up. You believed. You trusted what God had done. You trusted what God has said. You trusted what you can't see. You trusted God. You exercised faith. It wasn't about what you felt. It was about what you exercised. Are you with me? Faith is your assignment until the day you go to be with Jesus. Think about this. That's your assignment. Every day... In every way, in every area, faith is the assignment of a lifetime. Until the day you go to be with Jesus, faith is what will be required. You'll be spending and investing faith every single crossroad, every decision, every every pressured moment, every moment that you don't understand, every time you're asking, why is this happening? This doesn't make sense. Faith is what you will exercise as part of your assignment to get you through that pothole on the road to destiny, right? So faith is the ingredient that you put into all seasons of life. Faith is the ingredient that you put into all seasons of life. How many of you cook Mexican rice? You can't, you can't, you can't have it without comino, right? <laughs> Got to have it. You can put the garlic, you can put the onion, but without, what do they call it? The holy trinity of spices. Garlic, onion, comino. If you miss, if you miss one of those ingredients, it's a false doctrine. It's a false gospel. You, you've missed how God has called you to cook that rice, right? The comino makes the difference. It's an ingredient that you put into something that changes the flavor, okay? In all seasons of life, you have to exercise faith and put that ingredient into whatever you're facing and whatever you're getting through. Lest your mind get a hold of you, and your feelings get even more a hold of you and push you into the valley. See, sometimes we're not in the valley. We just feel like we're in the valley. 
Sometimes we feel we're in a place that we actually aren't. We think we're stuck. We're actually not. And it's faith that is exercised. Okay? There will never be a season where faith is not expected by God or required of you. Think about that for a second. For the rest of your life, faith will always, faith will always be expected by God. And it will always be required by you because you're the only one that can exercise it. Right? I saw this... Um, this workout video where this guy is talking about, you know, perfect form and this and that for, for doing workouts and bicep curls. And he was talking about when, when people are doing bicep curls the right way, the wrong way they do is when the weight's too heavy, they, they, they throw it up right here. So instead of a slow movement where it's exercising the actual muscle, don't look at my biceps for an example of whether or not I actually do this. Just look at the form I'm trying to say. When you get to this place right here and the weight's so heavy, you're skipping. You're not exercising right here because it's too heavy. You're throwing it up in the air that's being caught. Okay, a lot of people do life like that. They, they, they have faith here, but then they just they throw their weight so hard into life and they're not actually exercising faith they're just catching the weight of momentum that's kind of pushing them into and pushing them through that hard movement okay did that help you this morning okay so faith is the ingredient that you have to put in all seasons of life it's the mo it's the motion and the movement of everyday life that's so important i know this is helping you this morning romans chapter one this good news tells us how god makes us right in his sight this is accomplished from start to finish, everybody say it with me, by faith. Okay, as the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Okay, that's the NLT version of the verse that we've often heard, that we are justified by faith. We're made right in God's sight by faith. You're justified by faith and faith calls you to see beyond what you feel and see beyond what you think. Now, I'm going to go into the message about, about, part of the message here about teams, and I'm going to talk about this in this way. We're going to go to John chapter 6. I want to set the stage for you here. Jesus has been preaching in, in John chapter 6. Uh, he's just fed the 5,000. You know, he's walking on water. He's talking about him being the bread of life. People are talking about food again. They're talking in this discussion about food and feeding, and they're referencing Moses, and they're referencing the Old Testament, and what Moses did, and what Jesus did. And then Jesus drops this zombie-like sounding uh, parable, uh, if you will, or, or teaching, or phrase, to get people to see something, but they don't see it. They miss it, because they're seen by the natural. They're not seen spiritually. Right? Sometimes things go over our head, or we don't have ears to hear. This is why Jesus said, you know, he who has ears to hear and eyes to see, let him hear, let him see. Because sometimes things are coming in, but we don't understand what they mean. Okay? And so in this particular instance, they don't see it. They don't hear it. They don't know what he's talking about. Now, let me just read it to you. It won't be on the screen, but let me just read you this part. John 6, verse 48. He says, I'm the bread of life. And your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven. He's talking about himself, which anyone may eat and not die. He's talking about eternal life. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. 
And then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, it's getting interesting, isn't it, huh? You have no life in me. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Now, does that sound like some zombie talk or what? what? Or the living, the walking dead, are we eat, we're eating people now? What is he talking about? Okay, and that's exactly how they took it. And this is before the walking dead came out. This is way before. They're listening to this, and they're trying to comprehend it in the natural, not spiritually. They don't see that he is the bread. They don't see that he is the sacrifice. They don't see that he is the one that came down from heaven. So everyone's freaking out. They're thinking physical. He's talking spiritual. And then he would go on to say, you know, man does not live by bread alone, and I am the bread of life. Now go to verse 60. When the disciples heard this, they said this. This teaching is too hard. Who can accept it? This is too difficult. What is he on about? I mean, I was good with the miracles, and I like what he's doing for the, the people who don't have food. He's feeding them. He's helping them. He healed that blind guy, this guy who had leprosy on the corner. I heard he did a miracle and healed that guy. He forgave that woman over here. That's really awesome. I, I love all that. But he's talking crazy now. And this doesn't make any sense. This is insane what he's talking about. We're to, and look what it says. This teaching is too hard who can accept it? Okay, go on down six more verses. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. And then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you going to leave also? And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom should we go? To whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. What is that? That's Peter giving his yes to Jesus. When everyone else is leaving... When everyone else is deserting, when everyone else is saying, this is too hard, this is Peter saying, I have enough faith and enough revelation to stand in right now to know there's nowhere, for el- nowhere else for me to go. Nowhere. And to no one else. You're it. You're everything. I'm not turning away. I'm not turning back. Okay? And, and there will be times in life where life will seem so hard. And everything in life is screaming for us to turn away, to turn back. Life will hit you so hard, smack you so hard, upend you so hard, okay? Take the rug out from underneath you where you are left with the decision, which way do I go? Is this it? Am I I just done with, with, with all of it? God, church, people, teams, serving, giving, Like, I think I'm just done. Anybody been there before? And so Jesus has them at this place where he's saying something that is so hard for them to embrace and understand. And marriage can be like that. Oh, this is too hard. It's time to look for an X on social media or something. I never did date her anyway. I, want, I should have. Maybe I should have. Maybe, maybe I should look her up. You know, we never got a chance. Maybe I should, right? Then your mind starts going. Not my mind, your mind, right? 
I've got too much to lose to do something stupid like that. I can't, I can't afford that, right? Other stupid decisions it may be, but not that one, right? Faith, right? Faith, when faith is too hard, I'd rather just go back to living for myself. I'd just go back to, to just living in my own world, just as long as I'm happy. I just want to be happy, okay? When, when we say that about the now, we're, we're discounting destiny and purpose and why we're created. We're saying right now is more important than down the road, okay? When it gets too hard, faith challenges us. And we're hurt again. When we get hurt again by someone, or especially a Christian, someone who claims to know the Lord, right, or, or live for the Lord, right, uh, we say, I'm giving up on church. I'm giving up on people. Right? Notice we never say that when we hurt people. We just say it when people hurt us. When we've done people wrong, we expect them to forgive and have grace. But when they hurt us, we're like, oh, we want justice, and we want it now. Are you with me? See, Jesus is saying, are you still with me? In this verse, we say, okay, they're leaving. Are you going to leave too? Are you still with me? Are you still with me this moment? Or are you going to turn away? And by turning away, I don't necessarily mean not believing. Because you can believe in God and still turn away from God. People do it all the time. You hear this all the time. I used to go to church. I used to be really involved. I, I just, I, I don't go anymore. Come on, we have conversations like this with people all throughout the week at, at work. And people who've been hurt and in a moment of crisis, in a moment of pain, in a moment of struggle, they, they canceled out or gave up on whatever was going on in that world of faith at that time. And they backed off and, and backed out. Okay, so what I'm saying is you can believe in God and still be going backwards. You can believe in God and still not be taking any ground. You can believe in God and still be stagnant in your faith, not exercising your faith. Okay, he even says this in, in the book of James and I think it's chapter 2. He says, he, he says you, you believe in God. Well, good. Even the demons believe and they tremble. It's not that you believe. It's that, it's that there's work coming from your life that shows that your faith is real. Right? Maybe you're stuck this morning. I don't know. I feel like I'm hitting a nerve today <laughs> in a good way. Maybe you're stuck. Okay? All of that about faith to say this. Your faith is best experienced and best exercised with people. Okay, you have to get out of your head and your hole and get out of that moment and start exercising faith with people. There's sometimes I've been so low and things have been so dark that I feel hopeless and then I get around people. You're like, well, you're extroverted, Daniel. That's, that's easy for you. Not always. Not when I'm down. See, when I'm down, I, I want to isolate. I want to be alone. Am I helping you this morning? When I'm isolated and I'm alone, that's more me. And I have to watch myself to pull myself out of those things because this, this is a gift. What I'm doing here, this comes natural. I don't stress about this. God put this gift on me. I've hopefully gotten better through the years. I'm glad there's not video from back in the day. It was pretty bad. Now I think I'm, I really like who God has made me to be. I really like what I get to do. I like my own skin. I like who God has made me to be. I'm not trying to change to be anyone else or be anybody else or win anybody's approval. I'm just doing what I really feel God has put in my heart. I'm trying to exercise that daily. And in doing that, there's a lot of peace. Okay, but it's, it's still hard work. It's, it's faith exercised daily. But I can't do this alone. I need people. 
I need my pastors. I need my team. I need my staff. I need, I need our people. By, by pastors, I mean the pastors in this church and then my pastors that are, that are my pastors that speak into my life, that pull me out of thinking. That, that, that's just a little off. Oh, I, wouldn't see, I wouldn't do it that way, Dan. This is, this is what I would see. Huh, okay, I didn't see that before. I didn't think of it that way. I'm exercising faith by trusting and being transparent with someone about where I'm at in the moment. That's exercising faith, okay? So teams are what this church is made up of. This church is not a place where you just come and you hear a message and then you leave and you check out and maybe come back in a few weeks. That's not what we're doing here. We're building something together. We want to impact our city. We want to grow in the faith. We want to serve one another. We want to build one another up. Okay, and it's important to say that because everything about our culture points towards radical individuality. Right. So, so the whole concept of just being in community and being on a team—it's it, like maybe some of you feel this way. Like, ah, I don't know about that. I, I mean, I just want to come and get the feels here and hear the message and get some good word and and go and do my thing. But that's not what God's building in you. That's not what God's trying to do in your life. He's trying to call you closer into life with people. Introverts, bear with me on this. He wants you doing life with people. Maybe you don't have to do it with 100 people, but there needs to be some people in your life. Okay? Individualism and personal freedom, as Americans, these are our highest values. Does it violate my freedom? Does it violate my individuality? Bam, that's where we stop. Which basically is, screw you, I'm going to do what I want, no matter what it costs. Probably take that out of the podcast. <laughs> Forget you, <laughs> I'm going to do what I want. And in doing that, we stop building up others. We stop building up the body. Because it's about my freedom, it's about my individuality. Look, that sounds really good in a lot of ways. And it helps us in a lot of ways as a culture, but it really hurts us as the church. When the highest value is our absolute total freedom and our absolute individuality, that's not what scriptures tell us to do. Team and teamwork always come second if those values are put first. And Jesus called a team. He sent people out two by two. He gathered the disciples as a team. He put people into teams, okay? I'll give you an example. When you first came to Grace Avenue... I bet your question was, was not, is this church doing the work and the will of God? I doubt you thought that spiritual. I really think, and I'd put money on this, that you thought, is it close? Is it easy to park? Do I like the people? Do the people seem like me? Do I like the music? Do I like the volume of the music? Do I enjoy the coffee that they serve? Are the people weird? Or too weird? And then, <laughs> and lastly, does this guy have anything beneficial to say about my life or to me? Okay? So let's just be honest. You were not seen through a spiritual lens. When you came in, you were seen through a very selfish, self-centered lens. You're not evil, but just selfish. Right? Like, what does this place have for me? Like, this place is doing me a favor by me being here. <laughs> or I'm doing them a favor by being here. I'm, I'm going to listen, and then I'll, maybe I'll come back next week. 
That's often the lens that people come in with, okay? So our lens to see through the, the kingdom lens, I can't believe I have eight minutes left. That's amazing. I thought I was, should be done by now. God's multiplying my minutes right in, right in front of me. See, our lens to see life is so cloudy because of our individuality. It's, it's what we prioritize over the concept of the kingdom. Kingdom life really scares people, especially if you're new to it. See, Jesus came and he called us into the kingdom of God. He didn't call us into a building. He didn't call us into people who think just like us. He called people, sinners, saved by grace, to come in and start working out all their junk together. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Democrat, Republican, don't vote, don't care. No matter what it is, he called us together to work that out. Now, that's hard. And for some people, that's too hard. Because all it takes is one person wearing a shirt of a political candidate you don't like to church. And that's you. Oh, they, they go here. That's all I needed to know. I'm done. I'm out. That church has whatever supporters. Are you with me? Kingdom life scares people. What I mean by kingdom life is the DNA and the makeup, the chemistry of the kingdom of God that's being worked out by God's spirit right here in this place. The makeup, the culture, people don't understand it. They expect what they see in the world. They hate the world. The place is a mess. I don't want to raise my kids here. Then they come into the church and God says, okay, I want you to integrate into life with people here. Oh, but I don't like these people either, so I'll just do it by myself. God is with me, Right? Sounds like an easy plan, but that's not how God calls us to do it. See, what, what, what happens is people put it on the church. They go and say, ah, oh, I tried it, but I just really can't connect. I, I just don't really, you know, you know I, I don't really vibe there. It's not, God didn't call you to catch a vibe. I, I, I hurt for people who, who I really do. It used to make me mad. I'm a little over that now. It used to make me mad when people would just hop and shop churches Treated like a flea market. I'm over it now. Now I feel like as I'm getting in, I see people are still doing this in their 40s and 50s. I feel sad because I see what they've missed out on. They're trying to work out with, 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 with counselors what they could have been, had healed about 20 years ago. I promise you. I'm not exaggerating. Simple things. Simple things like trust, which is huge. But I'm telling you, a few violations of trust and forget it. People can be done, right? So in here, the chemistry is transparency. It's praying for one another. It's real care. It's, it's integrity. It's people looking you in the eye and actually telling you the truth, right? But that's weird for you if you're not used to that DNA and that culture. That's why people would come in and go, these people are so happy. What's the matter? And that's called real joy. That's called real peace being worked out, right? Now, when you step out of this, you get real fake, <laughs> real lies, <laughs> Real double-mindedness, real double lives, it's a whole different ballgame. But then when you walk in here and you're not used to it, okay, this is radically different than American culture, okay? So a team unites you around that. A team unites you to people. When you're serving in the parking lot, when you're serving with people and kids, when you're serving in worship, when you're, when you're in a connect group, a small group, a class that you do together, you're, you're meeting with other people, you're hearing other people, okay? I'm... I'm really not trying to just sell you on being a part of something. I'm trying to tell you this is how God has us grow. This way right here. Team unites us. Teams are crucial. See, it's not just the work of the ministry that needs to be done. It's the work in you that needs to be done. And it's the work that needs to be done 
because of you and the gifts that you have on the inside of you. Some of you just by your smile can set people at ease and give people peace. Some of you, the, the hugs that you give just lift people out of the gutter. And they wanted to kill themselves the week before. So you don't understand that when you're part of a team, you're thinking about more than you. You're serving more than you. See, a team helps you work for something greater than yourself. This is why we talk about the attitude, the culture of being on the team, because you truly grow as God wants you to grow. Okay, we got three minutes left. We're going to close this out. Do you believe I can do it? Do you have faith that I can actually stay on time? My wife's going to be blown away. I said it was my magic shirt that's what got me through this. Okay. To truly grow as God wants you to grow, it takes people, okay? It's not just Bible knowledge. It's Bible practice with people. It's not just spiritual knowledge. It's knowledge that's applied with people. It's not just ministry experience. It's experience that's applied with people. You've got to bring the walls down if you're going to grow. You've got to get out of the backseat Christianity mentality. Speaking to somebody here, all right? Healed people say amen. amen. Uh, okay. Um, when people from Christianity, I'm sorry, from outside of Christianity look inside and they see the church, Okay, they're supposed to see the impossible. So teams accomplish the impossible. What is the impossible I'm talking about? The impossibility of people from every different background, race, culture, creed, you know, political persuasions, rich, poor, you know, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different educational backgrounds, all of this under the banner of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, not, nothing else. It's that that holds us, Okay. But unless you embrace that that's what God is actually trying to do and embrace the church is actually one big team, that we're building something together and you're part of it, then people will come in here. And if you haven't embraced that mentality, then people come in and get from you the same thing that they get from the world. Well, I, I, I go out to work and everybody's just into their own life. And then I come to church and everybody's just into their own life. Do you see how nothing changes? And so God wants to use all of us, not, not just the word in the pulpit. He wants to use each of our gifts. You know, some of the best times that my life changed were when I was sitting right next to someone and someone turned around and had a prophetic word for me. Someone by the Spirit of God just said something that I needed to hear that day, and it changed my, my life. It changed me in that season. It changed that moment. And God used it. Okay, people are supposed to see the impossible, that sinners who've been saved by grace through faith, have been filled with God's Holy Spirit, and by his power are united around the cause of the kingdom of God. That's what people are supposed to see. That impossibility. How does this even work? It doesn't work without God. It doesn't work without the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work without his word. It doesn't work without Jesus. And it doesn't work without people committed to all of those things. They're supposed to see people united in all finding their purpose in Jesus. United in faith and hope to become more like Jesus. United in building one another up in the name of Jesus. United around the mission to see that all would be saved and come to know Jesus. And united in the desire to share our gifts, talents, abilities, and resources to move the kingdom forward. That, that's what people are supposed to see when they come here. These people are about Jesus. That guy's about Jesus. 
I saw him at H-E-B the other day. Oh, that's the guy from Grace Avenue. That guy is about Jesus. That's what they're supposed to see. See, impossible is what we see in the world, okay? But all of the redeemed, that's you and I, we've been given spiritual gifts. We all have work to do to build up the body of Christ, and we all need each other. One part can't say to the other, hey, I don't need you. That's not what God says. This is, this is how we grow. This is unity in Christ's body. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand up this morning. We're going to jump into this um, beautiful video our team put together. Can we just give a hand to our video team and thank them so much for what they're about to show you here? I want to show you this video. Take a look. I'm Chris, and I started attending Grace Avenue in 2011. I'm Kayla, and I started attending Grace Avenue in 2012. When I started attending, I was a college student, and over the last 10 years, the church has walked me through so many life stages, from graduating to getting a job to getting married. It's, it's been an incredible experience being planted the last 10 years. And I actually didn't grow up in church. When I came to Grace Avenue, I was very broken, secure, lost, but I found my calling, my identity, by making the decision to plant myself at Grace Avenue. That's right, so we're excited about the Faith Forward offering because our lives have been built here. Uh, we've been married here, we have a son that's being raised here, and now our next generation is gonna be raised within the church, moving things forward, we cannot wait. I'm Tondra. I came to Grace Avenue 10 years ago as a single mom with two boys, and we were a family in a lot of pain when we first came to Grace Avenue. Through Grace Avenue Church, we have found community, connection, and a powerful spiritual family. We are committed to the Faith Forward offering because Grace Avenue Church has leadership and members who are committed and have a heart for God and people and community. And this is a message that people need to hear and this move is gonna allow that to happen. Hi, I'm Cinder. And I'm George. And we've been plugged into Grace Avenue since 2015. When we arrived, we were broken came from church hurt, we were burned out. But here at Grace Avenue, through Jesus, we found healing, community, and connection. And that's why we've decided to give to our Faith Forward offering, because we want to invest in people, and we want to see them also healed and connected to our church family. Hello, I'm Josh. I've been coming to Grace Avenue for about two years now. Um, when I first started coming to Grace Avenue, I was invited by a friend and I really wasn't looking for church. Um, when I first started, I wasn't looking for God. And throughout Grace Avenue, I found that God's right next to me. Um, and I've been wanting to give to the Faith Forward offering because I want somebody else to have the relationship that I have with God now. He's changed my marriage, he's changed my friendships, and he's changed everything for the better. And if I can just have one person have that relationship with God, then I feel like I've done my part. That is so good. Come on, let's give a hand to everyone. So church family, as you know, we're in the middle of an opportunity. We are in our, our due diligence period for a, a, on the contract for a building that we've, we've signed on. And uh, we have about 17 days left. We've been working to raise uh, our down payments and just some of the initial costs it will take to get us moving forward. And so we've asked everyone uh, to do two things, to pray 
and, and to give, to pray about what God would have you to give and then to give in faith uh, by particular dates. The last date that we have here is August 10th. August 10th is, is the date that we uh, have set as the deadline for us to know where we're at. So uh, first of all, I want to say thank you so much to everyone who has been giving and everyone who has pledged. Can we just give everybody a hand here and thank them for moving us forward? This was a huge, huge undertaking. It all happened so fast. This is not something we were looking for, and it just kind of came about so quickly. And we had 60 days to kind of move in and on this quick enough to know if we wanted to do this. And so uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much to everyone who's, who's not just partnered with us, but really sacrificed and come together. Janelle and I thank you both. Our team thanks you. And, uh, and for those of you who've not had a chance to consider this yet, guys, this is crunch time. Uh, this is an opportunity. Uh, if this church has blessed you at any, any point, uh, if my ministry has blessed you, if my life has blessed you in any way, I want to ask you to sow. Sow into this opportunity for us. This could literally change the entirety of Grace Avenue Church, how we function, what we're able to do, some of the things that God has, has given us that are, he's put in our hearts that we've yet been able to do. And so the way you do that is you fill one of these out. Make a pledge. Pledges matter because it tells us where we are right now and where we'll be. So let me show you where we're at right now. In this stage, we have, as of now, we've received $176,746. So can we give everybody a hand for that? Thank you so much. And we've had pledged a total of 230, but I did hear an update yesterday that there might be more because uh, this is, I think, till. July 22nd. I think they stop on Thursday or Friday when they stop counting. And so uh, again, uh, we have a remaining goal of 120,000. So if somebody wants to go and, and buy a ticket for that $780 million lotto and then just give 120,000, I would be happy with that. But can we just pray uh, that in the next few weeks we will see provision, that we will see God come through on everything that we need to be able to make this happen, to do what God has called us to do. So I want to pray for that real quick. Father, thank you for the opportunity to give, the chance to give, the chance to sacrifice. Lord, thank you for what you've been doing in our lives in Grace Avenue over the last 12 years. And thank you that in this moment, we get the opportunity to see what's ahead for another generation and what's ahead to be able to serve our city and this community. Thank you for the dreams and the goals you put in our heart as a church. God, we pray that those would be manifested in and through the people of this church, through their gifts, their talents, and their resources. We bless your name today, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.